Hi, Signature Associates and friends. Welcome to the Signature Edge Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you design an uncommon and impactful career in the business of healthcare. Together, we are making a difference for our clients by lowering the rising costs and administrative burdens associated with great care. Engage with us as we spotlight big ideas to discover an uncommon you through leadership, teamwork, and focus on the healthcare industry. Think deeply, commit fully, and take yourself to the next level of performance. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the Signature Edge podcast. I'm your co-host, Mark Mathia, and I am here with two of my favorite people on planet Earth, Amy Hennings and Chris Woodhouse. Chris, Amy, welcome to the show. Hi, Mark. Thank you. Hi, Amy. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. Hello, and it is good to be back and good to have a conversation about a topic I love. But before we get into that, you know, something is changing. I feel fall in the air. The weather's changing. It got a little cool. Weekends are feeling a little bit different. And that marks to me the beginning of the fourth quarter. And at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I always start to wonder, how do you finish a year strong? Do you have any habits or tricks or anything that you add to your routine because it's the fourth quarter? I don't know if it's because of the fourth quarter per se, but I'm coaching my daughter's volleyball team and I've played volleyball for a long time, but it's, you know, interesting to be a coach because you have to figure out how do you convey how to do all these things and all the intricacies of volleyball. So I'm spending a lot of time researching volleyball drills and volleyball techniques and all sorts of stuff. So that's kind of my new habit or routine is spend a lot of time each day investigating better ways to teach the game of volleyball. Nice, Chris. You're always learning something new. Always something new. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Amy? I got to tell you what I feel like fourth quarter always coincides with football. I don't know what it is. When the football games are back on TV, I feel all is right in the world. Only because I think it is the best way to take a nap um, is <laughs> a football game. <laughs> I, there's nothing better than a fall nap that little fall breeze and that hum of the football game. Although y'all, I couldn't sleep a couple weeks ago when Taylor Swift was at the Chiefs game and I am like holding my breath to see what happens there. So shout out to all the Swifties, which I am not actually, um, that's the most interested I've ever been in Taylor Swift was that moment. So I'm actually a big fan of Travis Kelsey. Well, you know, it's an interesting subject because I recently went back uh, to Oklahoma to a family reunion and the 20 something cousins, the younger generation was all in a cabin playing cards, doing their thing. And they were in this massive argument. And I walked into the argument because I love to hear what the kids are fighting about. And you know what it was? Is Taylor Swift the greatest of all time? And there was a pro side and a con side and they're all up there. And I'm like, what is she saying? All I know is she might be starting to date a tight end. That's cool. Mark. I knew you were trouble when you walked into this podcast. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> we did a presentation at the team. We worked on our presentation skills. And one of the presentations, one of the master classes was, is this quote William Shakespeare or is it Taylor Swift? And I got to tell you, I couldn't tell the difference. And I have a Brit Lit degree. I couldn't tell the difference. Addison, producer Addison was probably the best guess. He figured out some sort of, if it was longer, that meant it was Shakespeare. If it was shorter, that meant it was Taylor. But he uh, couldn't tell based on the word. Well, I, I tell you what, it's an interesting season. Congratulations. I know you're a Chiefs fan. And all I can say is that little episode of Taylor Swift showing up, shot up his connects. 
He's all popular now. And then my favorite team lost by 50 points. So I'm basically out this year. I will be taking lots of naps for the rest of the season. And people think he's talking about the Huskers. He's not. He's actually talking about the Denver Broncos. (laughs) I'm a Denver guy and I'm sad. I am very sad. Well, on that note, on that low note, I think the Denver Broncos could use some help. And I hope the coaching staff and players are listening to this because I would like to kick us into a conversation about something I know we're really good at, or at least we know is really important. And that's collaboration. And one of the things I want to really kind of key on is both of your professional experience and how well do you collaborate? What do you do on your teams and your unique roles to really collaborate amongst those? And Amy, I'll start with you. What does collaboration mean to you? And how do you make sure that there's like an atmosphere of collaboration? Yeah, I think what's kind of cool about the experience team is we collaborate with each other and we collaborate with other departments. And so not only do we have to stay in sync with each other on who's doing what, where, but we have to serve all our internal clients. And it's sometimes in collaboration, I think sometimes can be really um, fragile because you get one domino that maybe isn't willing to collaborate as much. It can disrupt kind of all the different um, apple cards, whether it's internally, if one person doesn't want to collaborate or externally, if one person doesn't want to collaborate. And so that's one of the things is um, we talk a lot about how to work with each other. I I just got out of a meeting where we talked about how to work with somebody else. And I think that that's um, business happens face to face. And so collaboration is something that I think is a big part of everyone's job description, which by the way, AI cannot replace. That is something that they cannot replace is how to collaborate with each other. So as we look at the growth of AI, I think collaboration is going to become even more key. Yeah, that's funny because I often see misuses of AI, right? It, it never was meant to do that, but you see it all the time. And I think it's just that as it's fun and it's accessible now. And so all of a sudden you get some weird string of things and everybody becomes an expert at something. And yet nobody's done the work of being an expert. Very interesting. We'll have to save that for another episode, but that's interesting. That. Yeah. Hey, Chris, what about you? How do you use collaboration both internally and then externally with the clients you serve? So it's interesting. Collaboration to me is working together with someone to produce something or create something. I I Googled that. That's what comes up. So now that is what it is to me. But when you take that so much farther and so much deeper, I spent some time as a project manager. I think we've talked about that in the past. And really one of the main roles of a project manager is to facilitate collaboration, right? I think you're, you're expected to spend more than 90% of your time interacting or communicating in some way, shape or form. And when we had our main implementation for claims XM, I was spending 99.9% of my time in meetings or collaboration of some sort or another. And the interesting part about project management is there is a standard on how it's performed out there. And there's the Project Management Institute and there's the Project Management Professional Certification. And within those, there is a descriptive way on how you're supposed to do these different things for managing communication, risks, stakeholders, all these different pieces. And those skills, those elements of project management, I think, just fall in line with collaboration. Because when you have one company that follows these standards and one company that doesn't, their ability to organize and and collectively get things done is so much more hindered than two companies that follow those same principles. And so collaboration is not just doing stuff together, but doing it on the same wavelength, the same time, same pace, same information. And it's critical to the success of projects, especially the bigger and more complex things become, 
the more you need the intricacies of this level of collaboration. Wow, that's really great insight. And, you know, it sounds like a major tenet of great project management is figuring out how to pull the best out of everyone. And, you know, I often think about one of the things that collaboration brings to the table is making sure that we'll call them shareholders, project management term, but um, others feel seen, heard, and felt. And yet when we think about our belonging efforts at Signature Performance or making sure associates um, feel connected to the mission and to the organization. It's incumbent upon managers in the organization to help everybody feel seen, heard, and felt. And so it then becomes a very, very large component of our belonging outreach and how we accomplish those things. When it comes to things like making sure people or uh, are seen, heard, and felt, or soliciting ideas from perspectives that are completely different than yours, ideas, by the way, that might be counter to yours. How easy or hard is it for each one of you to really get into those conversations, get the information and come out with kind of a modified outcome? Is that is that something you do naturally or does it take a little work? I'd say for me, it doesn't come naturally but it's something that I've found to be very beneficial. So there's a, a couple individuals on my team who think about things very differently, look at things very differently, and their knee-jerk reaction tends to be no rather than yes. But I so value their opinion because while they're saying no, it's because they're still processing through whatever it might be. And they bring to light a lot of points, small points that I might not have thought about or someone else might not have thought about. And then we collectively come back together and review it and say, okay, is that valid? Yes or no? What about my point? Is that valid? Right. We come together and find what's the right course of action or what's the truth in the situation. So those folks, even though they can be contrary to you, you can use them as a sounding board and together you're better and stronger. If you're both willing to listen to the other person, it requires that two-way communication. Two-way communication or listening and really listening, I think is a really important piece when it comes to collaboration. One thing I always try to do is figure out the other person's motivation so that we can get somewhere to a win-win. Because if I can, and I, I Mark's kind of laughing because I ask him all the time, like, what do you think the end game, like, what do you think they want at the very end? Because then I know we can figure out how to get there. Because if you just want to win the first game, you're never going to win the long game. So what's the long game? And then you can kind of help, help each other get wins to get to both, get to where that everyone wants to be. And that's one thing I know one of the, I think one of the best collaborators I've ever kind of seen or witnessed is probably Condoleezza Rice. I've watched her masterclass on masterclass, the platform, and I've seen her at a conference. And she talked about how as secretary of state, she was expected to go into a room, negotiate something. And everyone wanted her to talk first because she was representing the United States walking into the room. And she said she refused to do it. And I thought to myself, oh, that's probably why she got stuff done. Um, is because she really, really refused to talk first. And I thought it was really smart. And she was really good at listening to things she was against. She was very good at that and really worked on that. And um, I think that's one of the things that makes her someone that people study leadership under now from her. So yeah, I agree. She was a brilliant stateswoman. You know, I think of collaboration. I also think of it takes a little emotional maturity. And I think the longer we're at having a career or working in teams and groups, the better at collaboration we get because there is a little bit of pain when you're a bad collaborator. It was funny. I was reading a, a little excerpt from Steven Spielberg, and he spoke about collaboration. I want to read it to you real quick, because I think it's really interesting. He said, uh, now, Steven Spielberg, everybody knows who he is. Okay. He said, when I was a kid, 
There was no collaboration. It's you with a camera bossing your friends around. Sound familiar? But as an adult, filmmaking is all about appreciating the talents of the people you surround yourself with and knowing you could never have made any of these films by yourself. Isn't that a brilliant perspective on the power of collaboration? Yeah, it's fantastic. I was actually watching a clip on Robert Downey Jr. and he was talking about that very thing. And when they were filming Iron Man, uh, you know, he would be in these really weird, uncomfortable suits trying to act and perform and be funny and be bring levity and just being uncomfortable. And he's talking about how a lot of times he would bring the funny to to the scene, but a lot of times he wouldn't have it right. Like and his director would say, where are you at? What's going on? And, And then his director would come and say, hey, here's some things you could say. What do you think about this? Right. And so it's that that working together piece there that made just a brilliant movie. One of my favorites of all time. Yeah, honestly, I would love to wear the suit just for one day. If it's ever available, that would be fun. I don't care how uncomfortable it is. I've always wanted to don the, the Iron Man suit. When it comes to collaboration, Amy, I'll throw this at you real quick. How important is it to have a shared vision or, or working towards something that's really clear yet bigger than maybe each person involved? or the stakeholders involved? How how important is vision in this act of collaboration? You know, I think it's important, but I would actually say trust is more important than vision because if you don't have trust, you're not going to believe the vision. And so I think you go even further is trust is built on doing what you say you're going to do, having that character, and then having the skills to back it up that you know you're going to they're going to be there and be able to say what they're going to do and do what they're going to say. Sorry. And I think that I would start there when you have a problem with collaboration. It's probably it's you're right, though. It's there's could be a difference in vision, but most likely it's a difference in trust down at the way root of it. And when it comes, Chris, to to leadership qualities, what what qualities have you found to be the most successful in partnerships and forming good partnerships with high collaboration? I would say humility is really key, right? So we think about what we want to accomplish. And so often we think we know exactly how that has to happen. We think we we should be able to prescribe all the events. And that's fine if you're the only one there, right? Like if you're doing a solo project, that's that's awesome. But when it comes to using a team in an effective manner, being willing to recognize these are other people and they have feelings, they have thoughts, they have intentions, they have desires that that all play a part in their ability to uh, contribute to the overall project and treating people with respect because just because you're in a position of authority doesn't mean that you're any better than that person, right? It just means that you have authority over whatever it might be. And remembering that when you when you bring respect to the equation, now you're helping that other person operate at their best. They're no longer worrying about, well, what's Chris trying to accomplish or do to me? What What is it he trying to do to me? It becomes, what is Chris trying to accomplish with me, right? And one of the ways I've found to be very effective at doing that is when there's a task that I need someone to do, I don't tell them to do it. I ask them if they can do it. And I give them the opportunity to present a, I'm too busy, no, I can't, whatever it might be. The beauty is, is here at Signature, our culture is all about getting things done and people love to participate. And when you ask someone, you're showing them respect for their time, for their efforts, and they're able to bring their best. And 
uh, it's pretty amazing how that plays out. I could spend an hour talking about that alone, <laughs> but um, humility really is a, a key function. Hey, Mark, what do you do from your perspective if you have someone on your team who doesn't want to collaborate? They really would want to be a solo act, and you, and they need, but the rest of the team gets stuck and got someone who just wants to like own their space and not collaborate. Yeah, I think it, I think that's a great question and one that's really difficult. And and I think it comes with a lot of maturity, um, the understanding that as an individual, you can get far. As a collaborator, you can get farther. So it's really kind of defining and, and getting clear the end goal is a bigger picture than just what I can do individually or what you can do individually. It's really what can we do together that's bigger than anything we dreamed of being able to accomplish on our own. And, and I think that takes a lot of work. And, you know, I brought up early on that I think when it comes to collaboration, there's some emotional maturity that happens. And I think there's, boy, that's a really big deal because like Chris, you said, trust Amy, Chris, you said humility. And both of those are really hard to come by, especially when you're trying to work in a high performance organization and, and become a go-to person, be known as the best at what you do. But oftentimes being the best at what you do is how you share, first of all, how you help others be the best at what they do. And then consequently, how you add value to the collective so that it or the team can be the best they can be. And I, I think it takes a little bit of maturity. I think it takes a little patience. Um, most people trip on this for a while in their career, at least what I've seen. I'd love to hear Chris's experience, but most people trip on this because we have this mindset that if we don't do it, if we don't get credit, then it shows bad on me. But it but it truly doesn't. In a highly collaborative team, what shows well is what ends well. And what ends well is what the team does together. And that's really great. Especially when it comes, you know, you think about all the waste, you think about all the time and, and overlap that we do when we're not connected and collaborating, all that can be diminished so that there can be only upside. And so I, I, I would say that that it just takes some time, but I think it's that having enough grace and 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 putting on that developer hat, Clifton Strength developer hat, or a teacher hat and saying, whoa, 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 wait a minute. The the main outcome of everything we're doing is that we all rise together. And I'm not, and I, there's room for individual greatness. You own your lane. What are you the best at? Be the best at that. But when it comes to the outcomes produced by the team, it's how far can we push this? How much can we do? How can we reduce the rising burdens of the administrative bond and bind that it has on the healthcare system. Boy, when we can all do that together, that's a big outcome. Mark on his own, I can understand what that means, but I certainly can't fix it. Chris, what would you say to that? I think it's an interesting thought in that we're a company with more than one person. You don't have an option not to collaborate. Now, the interesting thing is some people think that, you know, this is this is my lane and I own it and I can do whatever I want. And I don't have to interact with others, but you know, their leadership is maneuvering them <laughs> to do that in a collaborative manner, whether they realize it or not, right? So if someone truly is good at what they do and they don't need a lot of external input, that's just fine. 
you can build around that, though it's not as easy for everybody else, right? Like you said, Mark, there's a there's a level of maturity there that's needed. But this is where, you know, good leadership, good management, good project managers come in and they're able to take people who function and operate in that way. Some people can only operate that way. Like I've known some developers, code code jockeys who who uh, not here at Signature, but who just really can't function with other people because they just think about life differently. And it's uh, up to me and those who are working with them to realize, okay, they have a gift. They're amazing. How do we work with their skill set to accomplish a collaborative goal? And, you know, some of that pressure falls back on us as leaders and, and what we're what we're doing with those folks and, and how we are utilizing them in the best way possible. Chris, and I think it's really an important conversation because what happens is when you have someone who really wants that independence and wants to move on their own and kind of self-collaborate, what happens is in order to get them into collaboration, it feels to them like micromanagement, like all yeah. of a sudden you're stepping back. But what it really is, then I'll go back to the question I asked that Amy said, trust is more important than vision, but without the vision and trust being in in kind of intact, then it all of a sudden could feel that way. But when you realize that the organizational goal is streamlined alignment to make the best use of everybody's talent to hit this vision that's bigger than everybody on the team, then it becomes really powerful. The other thing I would say to that too, and, and really I'll pose it in terms of a question, because things get hard, we've just started to allude to it, right? Collaboration isn't easy. Everybody has different personalities, but how do you feel as leaders who've led and collaborated? How do you feel that it builds, collaboration builds resiliency and grit and stick-to-itiveness? How does that work within like your teams? And have you seen that be an accelerator of things like resiliency in teams? 100%. Going through the trenches uh, of business and life and things alone it's easy to give up. It's easy to take a step back. It's easy to go, this problem is too big. It's too hard. I can't, I can't handle it. But when you have folks in your corner, when you have team members that you can rely on, that you can empathize with, right? That you can bounce ideas off of, you know, yes, this is hard, but you know what? We've done hard stuff in the past. We've done stuff harder than this together. Let's go knock this one out too, right? It, it allows for a different viewpoint and, you know, I don't think we're meant to be alone in life. We really aren't. We're, we're humans. We, we interact. And while we trip each other up from time to time, we're meant to work together. And we accomplish so much more uh, with others than we ever could by ourselves. Well, I think collaboration is the ultimate way to stay unstuck. If you want to stay where you're at, you're never going to get better if you aren't collaborating and learning from other people. So I think when I hear people wanting to get promoted and wanting to go to the next level and all this, and they're not willing to collaborate, you're then just depending on your own knowledge to get there and not all the different pieces that you could go learn and get from other people. So I agree with everything Chris said, but I think that you also have this people, um, it's just the ultimate way to to get unstuck. Yeah, that's awesome. And and once again, I hearken back to how we started this podcast. I sure hope that Denver Broncos coaching staff are listening to this. Team, as we begin to wrap up, as we begin to wrap up, hey, what are what are some development and mentorship opportunities or past collaborations that you've had that have added like value to your career? And in in what ways did it add value to your career? whether it's being a mentor or being mentored? I think it's both for me. Like 
working with uh, great mentors, individuals who've done uh, things that I'm trying to accomplish, seeing their successes, seeing how they look at things, learning from others' experience, which is not easy to do, right? Experience, I think, is the greatest teacher, but if we can try and avoid some pitfalls from those mentorship, mentor, mentee opportunities, it's great. But then on the other side of that, when you're when you're working with others and you're trying to help them, help teach them and show them where you stepped in it, right? And say, don't step there. It's bad. <laughs> you won't like it, right? <laughs> it's it, it's fun and it makes you grow. When you have to teach someone, you have to to stay ahead of them. Otherwise, they outgrow you very quickly. And one, one thing I would like to add on the whole collaboration piece is collaboration requires a common language, right? So I mentioned that kind of in project management, but it doesn't mean you have to follow standards. The standards of the project management institute, but when you come to collaborate with any group, you guys need to be talking about things the same way. You need to be documenting things the same way. You need to be interacting with whatever tool you're interacting with. There's there's pieces to this that require structure to make you be successful at this. And don't overlook those because the more structure you bring, the more effective you'll be. I would answer it too. I collaborate with um, a peer of mine in another industry and we meet together once a quarter and I learn so much from her and I, she claims she learns a lot from me. So I'll take her word for it, but I feel like get all sorts of different ideas back and forth. So just a little different angle for mentorship. You don't have to necessarily have uh, someone who's a declared a mentor. You can go collaborate with people who are in doing what you're doing, maybe in other industries, and then glean different things from each other to help elevate you up. And I think that's a, a really cool form of collaboration as well. Yeah, I think I think those are both great, great points. And, and what a great way to wrap this up. You know, as, as a professional coach, like part of my job function, I have to pay for mentorship. It's like I pay people to be my friend. And they sit in and they listen and they critique. And it is unnerving to me. And yet I gain so much getting out of my comfort zone and trusting someone to actually help me become a better version of myself. And that's just one of the ways that I've used personally that mentorship or that outside authority to come in and kind of help shape and grow my ability to, to perform, you know, my job or at least part of my job function. All right, to our listeners out there who have now had about everything they wanted to learn about collaboration and realized that it takes time and maturity, how about we send them off with a challenge this week, a challenge that they can, that's actionable and that they can begin today. Uh, Amy, Chris, who would like to issue the challenge this week? All right, guys, here's my challenge for this week. Who's the first person that comes to mind when you think about who you don't like to collaborate with? Go this week, go the extra mile and figure out a way to collaborate with them, even in a small way before our next podcast. Okay. Boy, Amy, you have thrown down a gauntlet there. Okay. So think about tough I'm collaborations, <laughs> people that are, you know, kind of you tense up inside and find common ground and a way to collaborate before our next podcast episode. All right, listeners, the challenge has been laid and good luck as you go about this. Now, by the way, let me, let me just invite everybody into this challenge. 
If you'd like to participate more and interact with us, please reach out to podcast at signatureperformance.com. You know, you never know, you might get a mention in a future episode or even be able to help with some of our programming coming up. And whatever you do, please don't forget to like and share the Signature Edge. Join us on this journey because we are talking all things leadership, healthcare, and things that really make signature performance different than the rest of organizations in the industry. So before we sign off, I have to interrupt you because I do have to say hi to one of our super fans, Kevin. I got to meet Kevin in real life and it was so much fun. So Kevin, thank you for listening to the Signature Edge. Yes, Kevin, absolutely. Thanks for, for listening in and thanks for solving the car key problems in your house. Yeah, I heard about that. I'm also curious what kind of anvil is it? Because I'd love to know. All right, Kevin, the gauntlet's thrown your way. All right. Well, everybody, thank you so much. What a fun conversation. Thanks for being great to collaborate with. By the way, when I think about people I love to collaborate with, I have 100% trust in both of you partners. Thank you for bringing your best. Thanks for this great conversation. And I appreciate you. So until we get back together again, to all our listeners, thank you. And Chris, Amy, Thanks for a great show. I appreciate you. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Amy. Bye, everyone. Signature Performance is the foremost leader in healthcare administration. Your work advancing our mission is transforming healthcare in the U.S. Signature is bringing together the best and brightest in healthcare. Discover opportunities at www.signatureperformance.com slash careers and be inspired to build an uncommon career that matters.